This episode is brought to you by Burlap and Barrel, a public benefit corporation working directly with smallholder spice farmers around the world to source unique, beautiful spices for professional chefs and home cooks. This week on Meet and 3, we bring you stories about how Gen Z is different from their millennial predecessors through the lens of food. My knowledge of alcohol didn't really come from like Bud Light commercials or like Project X. Yeah, and that's my gripe with the platform as well, is that all these DIY videos, cooking videos, they're 20 seconds. What's one food item from your childhood that you wish you could have today? Dunkaroos, because they don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Although, the Dunkaroos Twitter was activated again a year ago, so it's only a matter of time. They've tweeted a couple times, it's pretty hype. Listen to Meet in 3, HRN's food news and storytelling roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Life's Banquet, a show now brought to you with video. That's right, video. But you can't see it, only we can. I'm looking at Nicole, it's so cool. I have to hold my phone to my mouth though, so it's weird. I do the same thing, it does look weird. We both are weird. Welcome to Life's Banquet, I'm Zara. We should get microphones. I have a microphone, I just haven't put batteries in it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would be, can we use microphones instead of our phones? (laughs) Um, Some people do. It has okay. to be hooked up to a Zoom. Like, I have a Zoom recorder here. Uh, you have to have, like, a recording device. How much is a Zoom? Very couple expensive. Hundred, couple hundred bucks. <laughs> it was a gift. Mine Ooh, was a gave- gift. A uh, seal. Hmm, weird. Seal gave it to me after he was watching all my Instagram stories. He's like, I feel like you need this. Uh, no, my stepdad gave it to me because I helped him uh, oh, write yeah, the copy. He yep, no, he, I wrote the copy for... A video that he did and as a nice gesture instead of paying me, which I wouldn't have accepted money. He bought me a Zoom recorder, which was so fucking nice. Thank you, Rob. You're not listening, but thank you. <laughs> mm. How are ya? I'm fine. How are you? Are you texting right now? <laughs> no, I have to move into this other screen so I can tell you something funny later. Okay, great, 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 great. Um... Well, I got to see you this week. We saw each other face to face. We did. IRL. And I went to Fort Tilden for the first time because I don't know if you want us to tell anyone in this, but I'm going to just say it anyway. It was your birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun. Yeah, I got a sunburn, which is now starting to peel. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I went to the beach for my birthday and all I got was this stupid sunburn. Yeah, I always go to the beach for my birthday. It's my tradition. Yeah. It's really nice about having a summer birthday. It doesn't work as well on my birthday, which is in January. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. unless you are living in a tropical climate. Or you're one of those fucking psychopaths that likes to go and do the, like, cold, what is that called? Polar bear swimming? Polar bear, yeah. I hate that. I would never do that. I hate that, too. Fuck those people. How dare you? Being cold is terrible. It's, like, just... Oh, you're frozen know. for me. Good. Is my voice frozen, too? Now you're not frozen. but it was fun and we ate cheeseburgers and all the kinds of chips Mm -hmm. we had chip buffet lugged a rice salad out there which was good we ate later (laughs) good 
I was like, uh, anyone want rice salad? I bought seven quarts of it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, no, thank you. It's 93 degrees outside. You Eating is not on, in the cards for us. Fucking, what about your rice salad, you crazy loon? Um, <laughs> what funny thing are you going to tell me? Oh, I was going to do, so there's this click hole post and I just thought I would read it instead of doing anything that's our own content. Just Please. Make- <laughs> I have nothing interesting to say, so that would be great. So it says, growing up, nothing was more fun than spending a sunny day at the beach. How many of these beach memories do you have? And I'm going to read my favorites. Okay. <laughs> okay. This one is feeding a beached whale chicken fingers to comfort it in its dying moments. <laughs> Uh, trying to rescue your drowning brother, but still having to gingerly inch your way into the ocean to acclimate to the water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, your dad getting swept away by a riptide and never returning. (laughs) This is my favorite one. Forgetting your towel and having to dry off with your sister's little mermaid towel right as a pontoon boat full of bullies is pulling up to shore. (laughs) (laughs) Pontoon boat full of bullies. (laughs) All these things Uh, just make me nervous about getting coronavirus for some reason. (laughs) Well, you went to the beach. Um, Walking up and down the shore with a metal detector until you found more pacemakers than you can carry home. (laughs) 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 Um... Throwing starfish like ninja stars and accidentally slicing your grandma's forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Getting the shit beat out of you by a rowdy crew of local surfers for having a lazy eye. (laughs) That's mean. Surfers are usually nicer than that. Oh, this is a joke, Sarah. Can I pause quickly and tell you something weird about surfers? So yesterday I was walking with my friend Nick in Red Hook and he's like, we passed this guy who looked kind of like a weirdo, like... I don't know, this older kind of junky dude. And he's like, you know who that guy is? I was like, I don't know, some kind of surfer. And he's like, yeah, how did you know that? I was like, I don't know, he kind of looks like he'd be like an old weird surfer. He's like, he's the lead singer of the butthole surfers. (laughs) They're actual surfers? No. Wait, who are you with? My friend Nick. Isn't that hilarious? That's weird that that guy is a junkie. <laughs> I know, and it's also weird that I thought he was a surfer, but he was just a different kind of a surfer. He was a butthole and surfer. <laughs> also, your friend Nick was like, oh, you're right, and that's not true. <laughs> I know. The whole thing was super weird. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, great. Thanks awesome. for breaking my momentum. Okay. No problem. <laughs> um, your dad reassuring you that Jaws isn't real, only to see a Coast Guard boat get eaten by Jaws moments later. <laughs> Watching 14 men from your platoon get mowed down by gunfire before you even set foot on Omaha Beach. <laughs> just choked on myself, on my insultsy. <laughs> oh, man. Not knowing whether the cement floor in the public restroom is wet with drippy bathing suits or urine, but continuing to play Legos on it nonetheless. <laughs> um... <laughs> Finally working up the courage to open your eyes underwater, only to be traumatized by the sight of two scuba divers fucking a rotisserie chicken. (laughs) Oh my god, that's funny. (laughs) Bringing a used condom that you found in the sand home because you thought it was a dying jellyfish and raising it in a fish tank for eight years. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funniest one. 
Uh, I just thought those were very funny. Those are very funny. Good and job. on theme to our beach theme. To our beach so, theme part, duh. I have one for doing funny. the work for us, Clickhole. Yeah, Much thanks, appreciate. Thanks, Clickhole. <laughs> uh, I have a funny actual story in that same vein that really happened. So when I was younger, we were at the beach with my mom and my aunt Flo. Not my period. I actually have an aunt Flo. It was crazy as a loon. We don't really talk to her anymore, but she we used to spend a lot of time with her. Your mom's so, sister? Yes. And so Flo was like walking along the beach and we were on the towel and she comes back and she's like, this horrible thing just happened. Like, we have to get out of here. I was like, what happened? So we like, as we're racing off the beach, she's like, I was taking a walk and I came across this pile of money. So she like went and asked like this family who was kind of sitting closest to the pile of money. She's like, hey, come over here. Is this your pile of money? And they're like, what are you talking about? And they, like, go and look at it. And lo and behold, it's, like, a hole full of, like, you know, coins and dollars and stuff. And so one of the people from the family reaches their hand down into, to pick up some of the money. And the, the hole is full of shit with money on top. Oh, no! And they thought my aunt, like, set them up. Like, <laughs> even though she was, like, in her 50s or 60s at this time. They thought she, like, set her... They, <clears throat> she thought that... They thought she set them up. So they like started chasing after her and getting really upset. And so we had to all leave the beach. (laughs) I think you should have stayed and fought them. (laughs) I know. Isn't that funny? That's so mean. I know. Well, of who? The guy who put the money in. Oh, the original money shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Imagine wanting someone to touch your shit that badly. That person was probably hiding out with a bunch of plovers in the dunes watching it all go down. (laughs) Somebody saw that whole thing go down and was just laughing and laughing, and that's fucked up. Anyway. Also, what if it was your Aunt Flo? <coughs> you know what? At this point, after at, as you raise this question to me now, it could have been. <laughs> she had some screws loose. God bless her. <laughs> so we're doing L Beach, Chapter 2. Yes. What do you got La for us? Playa. We're going to the La Playa, as I like to say. <laughs> What are you drinking, by the way? What do you got there? Man, so the wine store by my house doesn't let you come into the store to browse, which is 100% fine with me. Um, however, we're sort of, you know, at the whim of the people that work there as a mm. result. So my sister went in and was like, I want this. They have this liter bottle of Gruner that I really like. It's cheap. And I like sparkling rosé. So I was like, just get those two things. And they, they're like, didn't have the Gruner. So they gave her this uh, Greek wine, which I was really nervous about, but it actually was good. <laughs> Greek berry wine. And then they gave us this sparkling rosé, which is like, has residual sugar. It's sweet. Mm, bummer. And I'm extremely annoyed by that. Oh, before we start, I want to tell you one funny story. But I'm you still have. drinking it. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks delicious. And it sounds great. Um, I want to tell you, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of residual sugar when you're eating something really like salty or something. Sure. I think that they, it's not like super sweet or anything, but also it was like kind of expensive and just. It has a nice color. I would never buy this for myself. What store? Uh, Grain and Vine. Um, I saw, I had an experience with a Karen this weekend. An, an actual a, Karen. An actual Karen. And as you know, I'm trying to get the 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 meme or hashtag started, I guess you could say, because I'm 49 million years old. Um, Sharon is Karen. 
This is not going to happen. I'm sorry to tell you. Sharing is Karen, which means you share your Karen stories and videos, and that's caring. Well, anyway. I, I have a problem with the Karen thing anyway. With Karen? Because you feel bad because most people who are named Karen are probably, like, just, like, Kathy types, and they're not no, actually I don't, mean people? I have no, I don't care about individual Karens, but I care about the fact that this meme is, like, sexist, and oh. I don't like the fact that there's no male equivalent to it. There Karen. is. There I mean, is. But, and, I, and I saw him this morning in the coffee shop. Okay. I had a male Karen. He's called the Carl or a Corey. Fuck, what is it called? The reason you don't know is because everyone isn't constantly talking about that all the time. Well, we're going, see- we're going to call him Hot Carl, which also means <laughs> kicking his shit on There is chest. no, the fact that they are smearing only women is so typical of our society. It's only about the women. And most of the posts end up talking about her physical appearance at some point. And Very interesting. It's just another, I mean, I'm not saying that these people are good or they deserve my sympathy of which I have none for them I'm just saying it's just another example of how women are getting the brunt of this Mm. type of thing and being vilified and being you know ripped apart by everyone so gleefully and there's no male equivalent there's no like you know yeah well there's a Carl and I almost videotaped him today but I didn't have time so this Carl was like refusing to wear a mask in my local local coffee shop and saying that he had a latex allergy. And I was like, you actually just... He's like, I have a health condition. I have a latex allergy. I was like, your condition is that you're just a douchebag. But First of all, I've never even seen a latex mask. Of course not. I was like, what are you, some kind of fucking sex dungeon? Get out of here. Also, just what, use a lambskin mask then, sir. I was like, dude, are you just doing this? Like, 20, you're in New York City. Are you doing this? Like, a lambskin mask. <laughs> yeah, you get it. Because yeah, of the condom joke. I got it. Anyway, he sucked. But the, the Karen that I saw was at the farmer's market. And she was like, you know, they don't let you touch your own stuff at the farmer's market. Now you wait in line and they pick it for you. Big fucking deal. And she's like... I was want like talking in like a baby voice to the guy because he was Hispanic and like she was like I just want to touch the tomatoes. If I can't touch the tomatoes, I should just go to the grocery store where I can touch the tomatoes. And he's like if you have a problem with this, you know, you can just go talk to the manager of the market or whatever. She's like I will talk to the manager. She goes over she's like I need to be able to touch the tomatoes. We can just wash our hands. Everyone can just wash their hands. We should have a sink where we can wash our hands at the market, and then we can touch the tomatoes. And I was like, a wait. sink? I was where like, are we like, gonna hook up the water? I was like, honestly, if you get a bad tomato because you didn't touch it, first of all, if you're touching all the tomatoes, even if your hands are clean and there was no deadly virus circulating, you're just squeezing a bunch of tomatoes and making them like not. You know what I mean? The one you squeeze inevitably gets bad. Like so, it does. Also, well, it just makes a squeeze mark in it. Well, she shouldn't be squeezing them that hard. That's fucked up. Well, you should have seen the size of this fucking bitch's hands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, also, the people at the farmer's market aren't going to hand her a fucking clearly fucked up tomato. Exactly. And I was like, and then worst case scenario here, you get a fucked up tomato. Like, are you aware that the world is burning around you? Like, big fucking deal. So, you get a fuck. Anyway, it was crazy. I could not believe my eyes. Really? At the farmer's market? I'm, I'm surprised this hasn't happened more. <laughs> I was just like, it was gross. Anyway, People let's that talk- go to the farmer's market, in my mind, are not the most 
socially conscious aware people that there are. Oh, well, I go to the farmer's market all the time to do all my shopping, and I think I'm aware and conscious, but that's fine. I mean, I wasn't talking to you. Don't be a Karen and take it personally. <laughs> Is that being a Karen, having feelings? I thought being a Karen was being rude to other people. I think taking something personally that was a generalization about wealth is... I don't think that people who go to the farmer's market are necessarily wealthy. The farmer's market takes food stamps, and there's all kinds of people there who are not wealthy. not at the Williamsburg one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. Agreed is great. I've never been there. Um, Okay, you want to talk about the beach or what? Yeah. I want to talk about Orchard Beach. Yay! And a.k.a. the Bronx Riviera, a.k.a. the Puerto Rican Riviera. Amazing. I've never been there. Um, it's in Pelham Bay, so it's not on the river, like I previously said, because I'm bad at geography. Right. Um, oh, right. We were discussing this on the way back from the Rockways. Yeah, so it's on the Long Island, but Pelham Bay is in the mm-hmm. Long Island Sound. It's way up there. Okay. North of the river. Got it. Um, and in 1887, New York bought the land from whoever owned it, probably Native Americans. Well, in 1887, it was probably some rich guy. Um, and in 1888, they made a little park along the beach there. Just okay. like a small, it's like this big. Can you see it? Mini park! <laughs> like a little mini Lincoln Park? Yeah. Um, and then in 1902, they put some bathhouses up. They were getting about 700 bathers per day. And there's a little island out in the bay called Hunt Island. And okay. eventually, like, the early 1900s, it became, like, this, like, rich person's bungalow resort area. So Ooh. it was basically, like, these bungalows all on the island, and people would go there that were, like, the, the best families, you know, in New York. All had their little fucking bungalows there. New York um, premier families. And, but meanwhile, the beach, so the, right at this point, the beach and the island are separate. Um... But spoiler alert, soon they become one. Oh. <laughs> um, at this point, the little tiny beach is getting 700 bathers a day in 1902. That goes up to 5,000 visitors per day by 1912. So it's just like insanely crowded. Like they <laughs> didn't have enough space for all these folks. So in 1934, old Robbie Mose. Oh, Robbie Mose. Got an idea that he's going to expand the park. This is when he's. Same around the same time that he's doing um, Jacob Reese and post Robert Moses Beach, but or post Jones Beach, but around the same time. This guy's a real beach king, huh? I guess so. I mean, yeah, I you know Robert Moses is a monster, but he did make a bunch of fucking public spaces for me to go to the beach. That's true. <laughs> he's a beach um, monster. <laughs> he's like the Loch Ness monster. Um, also, in 1934. Fiorella LaGuardia became the mayor and they worked in concert with one another and he I am assuming did not know that he was going to become the guy that they named one of the worst airports in America afterwards later <laughs> he's like I want to say not only will I be the first Italian mayor I will have the shittiest piece of shit fucking airport <laughs> named after me I tell you what my wife I couldn't resist that dig at LaGuardia Airport, but you suck! Okay. Um, so, Robbie... I'm going to call on Robbie Moses for the rest of this time we're together here. 
uh, he got some of that sweet, sweet New Deal money. And so Ooh. he used the WPA money to make the beach bigger and to also build a golf course. He did that also at Reese. I guess golfing was becoming pretty popular in the 30s. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, so basically, this is where the scandal comes in, okay? Yes, I can't wait. He took over Hunter Island, and also there were a bunch of camps. So basically, the bungalows and their, their camping leases or whatever, um, he took over the island and took away their camping leases, took away their ability to go there on their summer vacation. And these are, like, big deal people, right? So they sued him because they said it was illegal for Robert Moses to take away their summer place. And the court found in favor of Robert Moses. So all those rich people lost their cute little vacation bungalow areas. Oh, sorry. It's fine. They're rich. Who cares? Um, So then they basically connected the current beach to Hunter Island using landfills in the great tradition of New York City. They're just like, we need more space. Let's make it full of trash and put grass over it. Works for me. Um, They also used 4,000, sorry, 4 million cubic yards of sand, which is a meaningless measurement to me. I have no idea what a cubic yard is. As we know from last week, cannot (laughs) grasp the concept of a cubic yard. Who can? Um, and then in 1936, the beach was like half done, but they were like, let's dedicate it anyway. And 18,000 people came to the beach. What? Yeah. Which is like the whole population of New York in 1936. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, they finally freaking filled the whole beach and finished it in 1938. And then later that year, a hurricane came and messed it all up and filled it with raw sewage from City Island. (laughs) Everyone's like, crap. Literally. Literally. Um, And then in, you know, just as all parts of New York. So basically, you know, it had an okay time until around the 60s. And when it went into decline, obviously the Bronx was a very fucked up place to be in the 70s so they were I was reading this article in the New York Times from like 1999 they're like hey the beach is cool now um but they're like in the 70s it was full of crime fires illegal vendors and so much gambling it was called Las Vegas Valley (laughs) illegal gambling yes yes Um, of course and occasionally dead bodies whoa nice Um, yeah and but it was also one of those places that kind of is and was like the place for everyone can just go there. It's like kind of like it's like the fancy place. So like it's the Puerto Rican Riviera. You know, there's a lot of Puerto Rican people who live in the Bronx, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's also just like there's not a lot of extra stuff there. So they were saying it's like the place that has nothing and everything. So um, it kind of became just like this place for regular folks to just go hang out, and that's why they started calling it the Riviera. Um, there's also this really great photography collection by Wade Lawrence called Orchard Beach, the Bronx Riviera. And I encourage everyone to Google it and just check out some of the photos or buy it. Um, it's a really, really cool awesome photography. And that's actually the reason I even know about Orchard Beach at all, because I was looking at that photography book many years ago and I was like, huh, the Bronx has a beach. Who knew? That's so cool. Yeah. And also that's Pelham Bay awesome. Park is like this huge, huge park. Like the, the, par- the parkland in the Bronx is bigger than Central Park. Really? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and is amazing. It's also super hilly up there because it was all ski well, resort. They just did. They didn't just flatten it all out. They were like, <laughs> let's just leave these hills here. Yeah, it was a ski area, big ski was... area for the Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, that's so chill. What a, an amazing story. Yeah. So, I don't know how you can get to the Bronx these days without getting on a train. So, we'll never know what it's like there. But We could walk. Cool. Remember remember that one day when we had like done a ton of walking? It was during like the protests. And we were like, how much? We walked like 13 miles or something. We're like, how much is 13 miles just like if it's like one straight trip? And we decided it was from Carroll Gardens to... The Bronx Zoo. Is it? To the Bronx yeah. Zoo, that's right, yeah. yeah. That's only one way. <laughs> that's just one way, yeah. Then we'd have to get back. That would be very tiring. <laughs> that would be a full marathon, literally. You'd be walk walking around. a marathon, which yeah. people do. Sure, sure. Um, okay, that's an amazing story. Should we take a little break Yeah. Okay. I'm Ethan Frisch, co-host of Why Food and co-founder of Burlap and Barrel, a public benefit corporation working directly with smallholder spice farmers around the world to source unique, beautiful spices for professional chefs and home cooks. We set our partner farmers up to export their own crops for the first time, and they get access to a whole new market here in the U.S., and we get access to spices that other companies can't source. We're honored to work with restaurants including 11 Madison Park, Blue Hill, and Chez Panisse, as well as thousands of home cooks across the country. Visit us at burlapandbarrel.com. And we're back. We're back. We're back from our break. Now, what you guys don't know is that we don't really take a break. We just pretend to take a break and then they put in the commercial and then we come back so it's a little bit inside baseball oh really okay what's that noise a beeping horn yep i live on a very busy street okay listen i want to talk to you today about something that we both love very much you want to know what it is you already do guests audience (laughs) members amanda i'm going to talk about jaws Oh, yay. I'm going to talk about sharks because sharks are on everyone's mind, particularly mine, mine, mind, um, <laughs> because they're attacking people. They're, they're attacking people. That woman in Maine was just what? violently killed a couple weeks ago. A lady got eaten by a shark in Maine? A lady got eaten by a shark in Maine. It's a really terrible story. She was like swimming. She was like... Uh, retired from like a successful fashion job. She worked for Kipling for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she was just enjoying her retirement. She had worked super hard her whole life and she was swimming with her daughter and in like a bay area, um, not even like straight up in the ocean. And like she was laughing and then one second and then another second, like a great white bit her and like dragged her under. It was a great white? It was a great white. It grabbed her, bit her. They found a fragment of its tooth in her, so they know it was a great white. And then the next second, it flung her up out of the water. Yeah. And she just went flying out of the water. And, like, a kayaker stopped and almost got in himself to help her. But then, like, 
they saw the shark, but they like dragged her into shore, but she had already died. And then her daughter had to just swim herself to shore. Can you imagine the trauma? No, I would be like, somebody come airlift me out of this water. I'm not swimming anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's just like such an awful, awful, tragic story. That's like, honestly, I, when I was reading that, I'm like, this is, I don't know. I think this is the worst way I, I could imagine dying, except for in quicksand. But that's really fucked up. I think getting eaten alive is one of my things I don't want to happen to me. 100%. It's sure. really fucked up. It's just, it merely made me upset. So anyway, well, you should know that if you swim in the ocean, there is a risk that a shark will eat you. So. Well, I know that, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how many <laughs> sharks that we've been seeing out here lately in this past week. It's a very hot topic. Well, I have an app called Sharktivity that you should get that I've I'm had for a couple to. of years. Okay. Basically alerts you of all the sharks that are around. That's and it amazing. also has all the sharks that are tagged, and you can look and see where they swim. Ooh, that's so cool. Because the truth is, yes, sharks can eat you, but they're just living their lives, and we're yeah. the virus. <laughs> so we are, and as we'll, we'll find out through my story, we want to have sharks. It's important because they balance the ecosystem. So I got most of It's also, hold on, I have some more shark no, information. Go ahead. Okay. Please, please. They are so interesting to me because they just, they live a lonely life. Like that's Oh, yeah. How. I know. I'm going to um, tell you all about that. And then do you have, so I don't want to take up any of your, but there's also the Shark Week episode or the shark week i was in the hatteras islands 10 years ago um and i was watching we were like driving on the coast and swimming in the ocean a bunch and we were watching shark week and they had a bunch of shark attacks in those islands like in the 90s and Uh so we're watching this really upsetting show with interviews with the people that survived with their people that they were with that got eaten by sharks including one man's son and it's just very it's traumatizing it's that's like it's one of the most traumatic things i think to like be alongside someone especially if they get attacked and like (laughs) you're fine i mean what a fucking crazy it's very very upsetting so i got my information today from nat geo kids (laughs) how stuff works wikipedia mental floss article by sean hutchinson and the martha martha's vineyard times um so the earliest shark fossil dates back to like 450 million years ago, but by fossil, it's like really just the tooth because sharks are made up of all cartilage except for their teeth. So there's no like shark skeleton cool. to be found. It is pretty cool. There's close to 400 species of sharks, which is insane to me. Um, <laughs> but like a stingray is a shark, technically. Oh, it is? Yeah. And so it's a great ah. white. Um so great white sharks eat large sea mammals and like littler sharks. All of them are some at least partly carnivorous, but like, you know, some of them just eat like plankton and krill or littler fish and stuff like that. But you're frozen okay, sorry. Some of them are partly carnivorous, but what? Some of them uh just eat other animals and some of them eat like a mixture of seaweed and then like great white sharks and like Bull sharks and tiger sharks eat all kinds of fucking garbage, too. They do eat garbage. That's why in Jaws, there's a license plate in that one shark they find. Yeah. They eat garbage, I think, also to, like, buoy themselves or sink themselves. It's not just because they're, like, idiots. They're actually very, very smart. Um, They usually eat about, like, 2 to 3% of their body weight at a time. So then they, like... Sometimes they won't eat for, like, a day or two days, which is similar to me sometimes. If I have, like, a big (laughs) meal, I can take, like, two or three days off of eating as well. Um, (laughs) They can't chew, which I thought is crazy because they have all those teeth. 
so they just like bite and swallow. And Weird. That's why they don't. That's why they'll eat. They eat a lot, and then they also, since they don't chew, they need time to digest. So they're just swallowing things whole, but they're kind of biting them a little bit. Exactly. And then, so in terms of being important to the ecosystem, like, I mean, like anything else is important to the ecosystem, but specifically for like the ocean, they, um, in the article I was reading, they said if sharks were to die out, it would increase directly the population of octopus because they eat a lot of octopus and they eat a lot of sea turtles and they eat blah, blah, blah. But in this case, if they were to eat the octopus, then the octopus would eat more lobsters and then like we wouldn't have any lobster and then God knows what we would do. What would we do without what all do the I lobsters? What do I do about lobster? <laughs> <laughs> but also, great, aren't great whites kind of endangered? Yeah, they are. Um, hammerheads eat stingrays, dogfish sharks eat crabs and lobsters, tiger sharks eat sea turtles, blue sharks eat squid. Okay, so this is what you were saying before. When a great white shark is born, uh, it usually has about a, a dozen siblings and it swims away from its mother and it basically just spends its like whole rest of its life alone trying to survive until it gets big. Yeah, so it's like when you, the shark tracker, that I add two shark, I have shark tracker and I have shark activity. Uh, <laughs> but Amazing. Shark Tracker, it's like run by SeaWorld, which is, you know, I don't, I didn't pay for it, but um, <laughs> basically the Shark Tracker shows all the tagged sharks and you can see all the places they swim, but they're always by themselves and they swim insanely big distances and like crazy, but it's like cool to see them and be like, oh my God, this shark started off over here yeah. in Rockaways and then it went all the way to Africa. It's so crazy. That's wild. <laughs> I know. Trip. That woman, by the way, who got attacked in Maine was only 60 meters off of the shore. I don't know what a meter is. It's three feet. So that's like 180 feet away from the shore. How long is that? Is that how far we go out? Like, not that far. I mean, if you think that, like, your picture yourself being six feet, even though you're only, what, five, six, but just say you're six feet, that would be, you know, 20 times. Do we go out that far? 30 times. 30 times you. Yeah. I've been out that far. The other day, we were probably only out 50 feet. That's, I'm down with that. Maybe That's 70 good. feet. But anyway, <laughs> it's really. I also think it's crazy that she got in the ocean in Maine because it's very cold. I know. And the whole thing is really fucked up. Um, okay. So, sharks can smell blood from up to a third of a mile away. They don't chew their food, as we mentioned. They just rip off chunks of meat and swallow them whole. So, oh, so that's what they use their teeth for. Yeah. So okay. in Long Island, this past week, there have been 12 sightings of giant bull sharks. Um, this is what I this I just thought was a random funny thing. In the article I was reading said, the shark patrol consists, who spotted the sharks, the shark patrol consists of a jet ski watercraft and the deployment of a team of lifeguards on Bay Constable boat to monitor the waters as needed <laughs> during this period of shark sightings. Nassau County also has an enhanced helicopter patrols and intensified marine ocean patrols. So See, I told you, those helicopters that we saw were looking for sharks. They were looking for sharks. But they were NYPD, so they, we should have hoped that they crashed into the ocean. <sighs> we tried to shoot them down. By, by sharks themselves. <laughs> we 21, threw sharks at them. We did. We're like, take this fucking shark in your shark hunting mobile. Um... 21-year-old bro in Nassau County this week, which is, like, the part of Long Island that's closer to the city, caught an 8-foot, 400-pound bull shark, and he let it go. Um, also this past week, a 10-foot great white was ta uh, tracked off Atlantic City, and two 
um, giant great whites were spotted 50 yards off the coast of Wellfleet, Massachusetts. Yeah, so. I have also more than that. Actually, my track, I there's a shark sighting on my tracker at least once a day, usually twice. Really? But they usually what they do is they send you out in Massachusetts on the beach there. There's so many sharks. Um, so basically, what they do is they 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 give you the announcement and they just close the beach for one hour and then yeah. they let you go back in the water. As though that makes any difference. Um, so the woman this, who got attacked last week was actually swimming off of Bailey Island near Portland. And her name was Julie Hollowatch. She was 63. She was from New York City. Um, I looked at that island because there's cheap houses there. Really? It looks amazing. She's only the second person ever in Maine to be uh, attacked by a shark. The other person lived. Anyway. Um, yeah, most of the attacks are in the south and in Hawaii. And some in California, I guess. And in Florida. A lot of shark attacks oh, right. in Florida. Florida, because, yes. As though Florida needed a reason to be anywhere. I count Florida as the South. That's true. Um, okay, <laughs> so now I'm going to talk about, a, I've never read the book, but it is one of my favorite movies, and I think it's your favorite movie ever? Jaws? Jaws? Yeah. It's in the, I don't know what my favorite movie is, but Jurassic Park is, I prefer dinosaurs than sharks. Right. But also Steven Spielberg, so. Oh, so good. So Jaws is a 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. Um, I've never read the book, but apparently in the book there's a lot more, like, subplots and, like, it's more character-driven. I haven't um, read it. I haven't read it either. And um, he was interested in sharks after he learned about the exploits of a shark fisherman, Frank Mundus, uh, that took place in the mid-60s. So Doubleday commissioned him to write the novel um, after he wrote, like, an essay. And then as he was working as a freelance journalist, he wrote an essay. Doubleday wanted him to write a book. And then the producers of Jaws got a hold of the book before it was even released and commissioned him to write a script. Um, oh, so, so he wrote the script. I didn't yes. remember that. So the, he wrote it and then somebody did a rewrite on it, but he wrote the original script. Okay. So Poor writers. Jaws, I know. <laughs> the Jaws film was released in 1975 um, and focused on the three protagonists, who we know, Roy Scheider's character, uh, Chief Brody, um, Richard Dreyfuss's character, who is a marine biologist, and the shark hunter, the greatest character in basically any film, as far as I'm concerned, Quint, <laughs> played by Richard Shaw, who I hadn't realized, Quint, I was like, where's this fucking guy from? I think I said that to you the other day. He was in The Sting. Which oh, is he such is a in The Sting? Movie. He's like the oh. guy who they, who they uh, fuck over in The Sting. Oh my god, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't Love realize Love The Sting. Either. So good. The movie was made for about $9 million, and it grossed $470 million. So it was a success. It was a huge success, and it was the highest grossing movie of all time at the time. So, so. In $470 million in 1974 is like $40 billion it's today. It's like, so, oh, well, to, as of today, I, I have the statistic at the end, but I think it's grossed like over $2 billion. That's insane. Like, release, I know. Um, it was shot mostly in Martha's Vineyard, but Amity Island is actually supposed to be a fictitious island that is, like, supposed to be off the coast of Long Island in real Oh, it life, is. Okay. In the book. Mm-hmm. What's the island called? Amity. Is it a real place? No. It's not. Okay. It's not. But they shot it mostly in Martha's Vineyard, um, and it was the first major motion picture to ever be shot on the ocean, and that made it have, like, a terrible, like, crazy production. It went, like, I think... Um, it was supposed to be like a 65 day shoot and it went 159 days. Oh my God. The shark never worked. And that's why they ha- like, um, relied on John Williams's music so much because 
the shark like they they were planning on having the shark like throughout the movie like showing mm -hmm. it but it was like kept breaking so they could only use it like a couple times and uh so they had to do other things i was reading like steven Spielberg the whole thing with the yellow buoys or whatever yeah like that was like not just whatever that wasn't intended he did it because like well we have to show another way of the shark right being out this there. is also his not his first movie he had the tv movie before that but it's like his first picture like yeah movie. he had one other movie that the producers had seen that was kind of similar to this and i can't remember what it is called i think it was but it was about like trucks or something yeah it's a, it was a tv movie right okay um all right so anyway they had a lot of problems um okay so robert shaw who played quint apparently shaw this is from quoted from uh from Wikipedia, Shaw drank quite a lot, uh, quite a bit on set. It was often volatile, but he also frequently was worried about his taxes. <laughs> the native Brit was reportedly being pursued by both the IRS and the British tax man, <laughs> causing the actor to flee the country on the weekends for Canada to avoid <laughs> facing a tax liability for oh spending too many hours on U.S. soil. That um, is amazing. Did they I ever know. catch him? I don't know. In fact, Shaw had to forego his salary on the film in order to make amends with the IRS for his tar charges of tax evasion. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love this man. Incredible. I have the hugest crush on him. He could definitely catch it. Catch it. Robert Shaw, call us. Although, as we mentioned, I would get with all three of them. A hundred percent in a in a menage. I would get on that boat and let them run a train or a boat or whatever you call it. So. <laughs> When in the, okay, Bob, hop on that boat. <laughs> yeah, let me get on this boat with you boys. Um, Bob Carroll is a man who owned the Harborview Hotel in Martha's Vineyard. And this is where everybody stayed when they came to Martha's Vineyard. So before this happened, he couldn't afford to pay the bills. And then Jaws came to town. When um, the team contacted him in the beginning, this is from the Martha's Vineyard newspaper that he actually this guy actually also owns this is a puff piece probably he had already learned um that no commodity is more perishable than a hotel room for a night because he had been like fucked over by listen to this he he had quote been burned badly when the national press corps made reservations for senator ted kennedy's date <laughs> in court after the chappaquiddick accident this is not funny in which he in which Mary Jo Kopchi uh, had died. The court date yeah, was postponed. Yeah, where he ran off the bridge and she, he didn't yeah. save her. The court date was postponed and the hotel didn't see a penny. So basically, yes, that's a terrible thing. Ted Kennedy was driving drunk, as we all or some of us may know. Hit somebody, didn't stop, and then he fucking went back to his hotel room at like 8 chocolate and ice cream or something he got like room service when he got back after killing somebody but anyway after leaving a body in a body of water that you crashed your car into while you're <laughs> wasted you go home and eat a fucking ice cream sundae of room ser service at your hotel anyway um but this guy was supposed to like have the whole press corps at his hotel and then they canceled and like he got really screwed so he wasn't like really excited when the film crew was gonna like book but he charged him in advance $25,000 and they ended up coming and it was fine. And that actually made his life. He then was able to parlay that money into like buying another business or something. 
So tensions were constantly running high during the length. Wait, I don't think this guy should buy another business if he can't pay the bills on his original business. Well, that's how he ended up. <laughs> now he's successful. Now he owns this newspaper too. What? It's all because of Jaws with that Jaws money. I don't. They just stayed there for a hundred days. That was enough money for him to keep the hotel afloat for the next twenty years. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. He did it. <laughs> So anyway, because I'm suspicious of this puppies about this guy. Because everything was so tense on the shoot, one night while they were at this hotel that they were staying at, the entire crew was having a catered buffet dinner, and Roy Scheider all of a sudden gets up in the middle of the dinner and throws a fistful of mashed potatoes and gravy into Steven Spielberg's face. Why? (laughs) Because everything was, like, so tense that he was trying to just, like, I guess, lighten the mood up by starting a food fight. Did he have a food fight for real? Yeah. He threw uh, a fistful of mashed potatoes into Spielberg's face. Then Richard Dreyfuss, seizing the opportunity, gets a plate of dessert and throws it at Roy Scheider. Um, and then the whole crew apparently joined in in the quote brouhaha. When the food fight ended, Richard Dreyfus, Roy Scheider, and Steven Spielberg all jumped in the swimming pool to clean up. Now they just had like mashed potatoes all over them, so they like ruined the pool, I guess. Yep, and that guy was still somehow managed to be successful in business after replacing <laughs> his pool filters. <laughs> <laughs> um, the owner of the hotel says the three managed to make a real mess. Um, it was a disgusting sight seeing them all covered in ravioli, cake, and diced fruit. What? Like a fruit cocktail? Yeah, fruit cocktail. Um, oh, so this might be part of why he, like, gets so much, or why he's, like, okay. Nearly four decades after the success of Jaws, the money continues to trickle in, because Carol gets, uh, he was cast as as a select man in the fictional town of Amity, gets a regular residual check from the blockbuster film. Okay. Yeah. Um, at the documentary Look Inside Jaws, Steven Spielberg revealed that Rory Scheider had started, that he threw mashed potatoes into his face and everything <laughs> got really wild. Um, he describes it as a melee. There was food all over the floor, but it was necessary because they needed to blow off steam. <laughs> and that is the story of the food fight in Jaws. <laughs> what sharks eat and Jaws in general. That's it. Jaws. Jaws. I love Jaws. Me too. Um, but statistically, it's still very rare to get eaten by a shark. Yes. Very rare, but very terrible. What a, Literally, like, no worse way to die. I think that getting burned alive, I don't know what's worse. If you die immediately after the shark, like, if the shark gets, like, your carotid artery or something, and you don't feel the pain of getting bitten in half, maybe yeah. that would be better than burning alive, which yeah. takes a while. Or dying um, in quicksand, which is my number one least favorite. <laughs> well, it's just suffocating, which I don't think it takes that long. It's just so upsetting. Um, yeah, because you're scared at the beginning. You're scared, and it's just it's slow. <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, so I have a question. We were talking about for our top three. What are the top three scariest things to see at the beach other than a shark? So, for me, this isn't that scary, but it's just kind of like, uh, needles on oh, the beach, yeah. which I have seen before. Um, i also not a huge fan of those used condoms on the beach. Yeah, that's not good. Um, and then also, you know, I want every creature is God's creature or whatever, but I hate those fucking horseshoe crabs, man. They're so <laughs> ugly. 
We actually, in my hometown, we have a beach called Crab Meadow Beach because it's covered in fucking horseshoe crabs. They're everywhere. Them. It's disgusting. And it's the Long Island Sound, which is, like, not the nicest. I don't like crabs in general. I think they're spiders of the sea. They are. Um, and so, yeah, the horseshoe crab version is unchill, and I see one every year at least dead. Usually they're dead on the beach. The problem is people... <laughs> don't know what they are and so they'll like freak out and then like try to throw them back in the water which is bad for them apparently because oh. if they're coming out the sometimes they're just laying eggs or something you oh. should just leave it alone don't touch anything on the beach except for the sand and <laughs> don't the touch chips. anything <laughs> don't touch anything here <laughs> don't um, feed a beach whale chicken fingers <laughs> that's funny my scariest things to see on the beach i was thinking as soon as i we brought this question up I was thinking for some reason like um a priest just like in a full priest outfit like with the Mm. collar and like even like like going a little further like one of those priests that wear like and like the drapery like a catholic priest and like a hat like in ceremonial garb yeah just if you were just like on the beach on a normal day and all of a sudden like a priest just starts walking down the beach, like that would really make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the beginning of a great horror movie. Priest beach? <laughs> priest beach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it should be about that. That should just be the unsettling thing that happens at the beginning that you never explain. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's like sauce that out. Um, okay. My number two is, a snake. <laughs> <laughs> a snake is scary. Yeah, they are. And my number There's three. There's not a lot of ocean snakes. This is like a freshwater beach. Well, like an eel. An eel, you could say. An eel is not a snake. An eel? What's the difference, though, between an eel and a snake? Nobody knows. <laughs> There's no way of telling. <laughs> um, um, also, do eels come out of the water and get on the beach? Well, you could see it in the water. Mm. It could wrap its eel body around you and pull you under and... That's it. That's a moray. Eel. I don't think that's, that's a moray not... eel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that can that's happen. That's a moray. Your fears are fears that are unfounded fears, like the fear of getting eaten by a shark. Here's my third, which is actually very possible. Uh, my ex-boyfriend. Any of them. <laughs> All your ex-boyfriends in one beach blanket. Naked. All just playing like hacky sack together. In the, the nude. In the nude. Balls in flapping around. Being rude in the nude. But that is a scary thing to see on the beach. You don't want to it see... It is funny to also picture all of your ex-boyfriends naked at the same time. I've never done that before. And now I'm I am. I'm picturing it right now. <laughs> it's okay. There's some goods and some bads. Smugglies. It's just funny to think about all of them being together naked. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yes, that is funny. At the beach, playing Haggy Zack. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord of funny. mercy. Yeah, that is funny. All right. Well, that was a great episode. Guys, be careful out there. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's a highway to the danger zone. Field. Wait, what did you say? It's a highway to the highway. danger zone? <laughs> yep. Wait, is that the song? Highway yeah. to... Okay, because I always thought it was I went to the danger zone. <laughs> I went to the danger... Exactly. No, that's why I always like to say this is the highway to the danger zone because it's, first of all, a hilarious thing to say. Yeah, very funny. But second of all, it's a famous song. One okay. hit... I think it's a one-hit wonder for that band. Although, in marching band, 
we went to band camp at a college and there were people some of the college students were still there for the summer so i had like this platonic love affair with this fucking nerdy ass college student that was there and he was really into whoever it is that's saying highway to the danger oh no sorry it was life is a highway that guy oh that's (laughs) highway Highway to the danger zone is from um top gun it's huge yeah yeah who is who does uh What's gonna call it? Life is a highway. That's the one hit wonder guy. He had the whole CD. He's like, I'm a huge fan of this guy. Wow, wow. Should I? Should we look it up quickly before we go? I have to know. Yeah, look it up. Life is a highway. I think it's Tom something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is Rascal Flatts, but that's not who did it originally. I hate that band also. Oh, yeah, I was right. Tom Cochran. Yes, Tom Cochran. (laughs) Wow, your secret. Maybe you will get back together with that guy. Tom Hmm. Cochran lover. What was his name? I don't know. Maybe his name was... Maybe it was Tom Cochran. (laughs) What if it was him? He was like, I love Tom Cochran. And it was Tom Cochran. (laughs) (laughs) And he was at... For some reason, he was going back to school at St. Mary of the Woods College in Indiana. (laughs) Yeah, he was getting his like law degree well if you're out there and you're a listener dude a man who went to st mary of the woods college in the year 1995 <laughs> <laughs> um give me a call maybe you're divorced maybe it's I'm ryan single. gosling what maybe it's ryan gosling nope it's not that would be exciting though wouldn't it <laughs> no because he's married with two children all right. Well, listen, life's a beach, and uh, the rest is just details. Life's a beach, then you die. As I always say. <laughs> I love you. I got to go get to the farmer's market quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up. It's a class war. They're all going to be destroyed soon. <laughs> I got to go flex my privilege and uh, try to sniff some melons. Listen, I was just saying that stereotypically, obviously, normal people who don't suck go to the farmer's market all the time. I just think that a lot of people know what I'm talking about when I that, generalize I people understand. who go to the farmer's market. <laughs> I understand. The trope I, The trope is true. And they're all friends with that squeezing up tomato lady. They are. And they're friends with the cucumber liquor. Now we'll get to that on next week's episode. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> I, stay tuned for the riveting follow-up to, to, to Tomato Karen. <laughs> cucumber Christine. Next week on Life's a Big Christine with a C, I guess. Yeah, Cucumber Christine with a C. Um, I love you. It was nice to see you. You look so pretty. Wait, I want to take a picture before we end this episode. Oh, how do you do that? Well, I'm just going to take a picture of my phone. Probably can we take a picture? Look, this says camera. What happens if I click it? Oh, nothing. Psycho camera. What does that do? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Psycho camera. <laughs> Qu'est-ce que c'est? Bye-bye. Hasta la pasta. Bye-bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. 
or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.